This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Adam Big Hill. Adam, how's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know we kind of been going back and forth, so I'm glad to finally get you on. Absolutely. So we got to first talk about you just winning the coming off the Grey Cup, your champion again for the second time. So what what was that like? Uh, man, there's nothing like it. Winning the championship, uh, it's, it's very special. I mean, uh, especially in, in pro sports, you know, it's, it's so hard to do. The talent is so high. Uh, getting a collective group of people in house and organization that can put together a championship effort—it's um, rare and it's special. So it was—it uh, was a lot of fun, and you know, it's something you never forget. Yeah. Now, uh, what do you think? Which one was uh, sweeter, this one or your first one, 2011? I'd say this one was probably sweeter for me, just because in 2011, as a rookie, I was mostly doing special team stuff, and you know, this one allowed me to be. Um, you know, a lot more of an impact player on the defense and, um, you know, a leader on the team and really uh, just gave me more more sense of uh, helping the team to a victory. Yeah, definitely. Um, and what was the – did you guys have, like, a parade and stuff? Yeah, we had a parade uh, Wednesday following the Great Cup Championship. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was really well attended. <clears throat> you know, it's pretty cool back up here in Winnipeg and we still had, you know – 15,000 fans out uh, for a nice parade. It was great. And going back, uh, how did you get involved in football? Uh, I started playing football when I was seven. Um, started playing tackle football, and, you know, it's something my dad played as a, as a young kid and enjoyed it, and he got me into it. Um, I don't know. It's always kind of been an aggressive, physical little kid. I'd be running around at two years old diving off the couch, tackling my dad or running across the room, sprinting and, you know, tackling him. So no, it just seemed like a natural fit for me. Yeah. And grow, growing up, did you, uh, did you play any other sports? Yeah, I grew up playing sports year round. I played baseball, basketball and soccer. So I was uh, pretty busy with uh, sports, uh, but you know, I, I loved it. And then uh, coming out of high school, what was uh, the recruiting process like for uh, football? Uh, you know, I was really under-recruited. You know, I was uh, 5'10", 200 pounds, went to a small school, Montesano, Washington, uh, in Washington State, you know, so 1A. We were 2A, and then we dropped down to 1A, so a smaller school. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't even rated in the top 150 players in the entire state, um, you know, so I was really un- under-recognized. You know, I did happen to go to the Nike Regional, inv- I got invited to the Nike Regional Combine, Um at Oregon, and I went down there and did that. I was named one of the top performers at the camp and uh, at my position at linebacker, and despite that, still was, you know, under-recruited, you know. So for me, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a tough process, um, you know, just as scouts and coaches are trying to measure, you know, height, weight, and arm length and all that kind of stuff where, you know, the most important thing that they, they failed to measure on me was my heart and my willingness to do whatever it takes to, to be successful in a winner. And I know, yeah, so you ended up going to Central Washington. So what was uh, your decision to go there? You know, it's, at the end of the day, I, uh, you know, I wanted to find someone that was going to help pay for my school and, um, you know, allow me to play 
college football and, and, and be a, that next stepping stone for me on my way to play professional football, which was my ultimate goal. But I said what I wanted to do it when I was seven years old was play professional football. And, you know, Central Washington was going to give me the opportunity to do that. So, um, you know, for me, that it was, a, it was a easy choice to go to Central. It was, a, you know, a program with a rich tradition. Um, you know, I've gone to summer football camp there the last four years of my high school, so I was very familiar with the area and the people. So, um, you know, I liked it, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a good decision for me. We had really good teams, and, uh, you know, some really high-level players come through there. Yeah, was there any moment while you were in college that you knew you could play pro football? like into my into my junior year like after after my sophomore year I had a really really solid campaign and um you know other in the playoffs other schools were you know kind of telling other coaches that told our coaches that I was probably the best linebacker they'd seen all year and um you know stuff like that so not only that I had a couple couple guys on the team who went to the NFL the next year kind of were interviewed and asked if you know, who, who's the next person on your team to be able to play professional football? And both those guys mentioned my name, and that was kind of surreal for me. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on, the, on the path, and, you know, other people are seeing it. I'm doing great things. I just got to keep it up. Yeah, yeah, and even though I know you went undrafted uh, in 2011 NFL draft, did you try out for any, like, teams after, and then how did you end up uh, in the CFL? Well, that's a tough, tough thing. It was 2011 was the NFL lockout, yeah. so for me it was, uh, it was it was a tough process because uh, I was talking to teams. I went to the uh, Cactus Bowl, which is the D2 All American game. I performed very, very well. Teams were kind of blown away. They put me on the radar right away, you know. But we're kind of saying like, listen, you're you're probably a late round draft pick or you know a priority for agent signing right away so like when you get your contact information and you know so that was kind of the word um so from there it was you know as soon as the nfl draft happened the nfl went on lockout there was no ability to be working out for any teams and get signed as a free agent so um you know the nfl was shut down all the way through mid-august and uh you know so for me i decided to take a workout with the cfl and sign with the cfl club with the bc lions so um it's an opportunity for me to get in my foot in the door for pro football. Yeah, and you established yourself well in the CFL. I know you won the Defensive Player of the Year twice, and you're a 11-time All-Star, which is their Pro Bowl. What's your basically? Yeah, what was your career as a BC Lion like? Uh, you know, it was kind of like a, uh, showing up at camp and nobody knowing who I was. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Uh, people being blown away by the things I was able to do and, 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 um, you know, quickly rising to, you know, defensive player of the year, uh, talks, you know, like within my first year of starting as a linebacker. So, um, it was just one of those things that, um, you know, I knew what I was capable of. I just needed an opportunity and, um, you know, no one was going to outwork me and, and put more effort and, in, in, into being uh, a better linebacker than me. And that's, that's really what I hung my hat on was my hard work and my dedication. And, you know, that's really what had gotten me to my professional career. And I just kept working on it. And, um, you know, so for me, it was just continuing to, to do the things that had got me where I was and, and to really, you know, be able to build a legacy to be one of the best players to ever play the position. And, uh, you know, for me, that's still been a goal of mine as I still play. Yeah, and then what what was your decision in uh in 2017 to go back and uh, trial for the NFL and then you ultimately ended up on the Saints? 
yeah, so <clears throat> for me, I mean, the goal is obviously to get back down to the NFL when, when I went, went to the CFL. And um, it just gets a little bit tricky with contract negotiations and what the CFL allows you to do while you're under contract as far as working out for other teams. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> essentially, if you're under a contract, I mean, you're, you're not able to work out for anybody. And um, they kind of they kind of make it a little bit tough for you to be able to get a look at the NFL based on how the the windows around your, um, you know, option year and all that stuff kind of close. And, um, you know, so I, I ended up getting an opportunity in 2017 and I had to take it. And, um, yeah, I went down and worked out for the Saints. They loved me. They signed me right away. And, uh, you know, for me, that was that coming year in 2017 was, you know, a bit of a learning experience for sure. I mean, um, I've heard it from other people. Uh, you know, I, I had to experience it for myself that, you know, sometimes the best players don't always play in the in the NFL. It's uh, a big business driven by a lot of other things other than, you know, performance. So, you know, that was kind of my experience in a nutshell was, you know, going in there, performing extremely well, exceeding expectations, being considered one of the best linebackers on the team, but yet not getting uh, to be on the roster and being able to play every single week. So, um, you know, it was still a great experience for me to go and go and do. I mean, up until that point in my life, everything, every single thing I've done was, well, go in there, work extremely hard, prove to them my talent and my consistency. I can do every single play, every single game, uh, and just you earn a spot through your hard work and, and being able to build trust in the coaching staff. And, um, you know, so that was kind of the first time in my in my career, in my life, that I that had never really worked for me. It was a, you know, that's when I realized that the business of the NFL – it's just different, and it you know it doesn't play by the set of rules of all the time of well if you're the better player you're going to play or you know what I mean you just mm-hmm. you know it's, it's measurable it's size it's height it's weight it's uh, what school you went to what round you were drafted in what kind of signing bonus you got at the beginning of the season um, you know these are all things that kind of come into play before the fact that uh, you know you even get looked at as far as talent. Yeah, and and. Do you think that's still like accomplishment to you that you you still could call yourself you were in the NFL like you're an NFL player? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I played three games. I uh, got an accredited season. Um, you know, he, he, my my teammates were you know very big advocates of me as a player. Um, mm-hmm. You know, consistently, you know, let me know that hey, you're a baller, man. You can play. Just keep doing it. You know, I mean. You know, guys that uh, are pretty well respected in the NFL who respected my game and what I did. And, um, you know, like I put it on film. Anybody can watch my preseason film and, and look at it and be the, be the be their own judge. But I'm pretty sure 98% of them would be saying this guy is uh, an outstanding player and killed it. So, I mean, that, that's ultimately to me what the most important was thing was. I went down there. I put it on film and proved that I could play at that level. Um you know, mentally, physically, and uh, be an every down excellent, outstanding football player. Um, you know, so I'm very proud of that. And that's why it was easy for me to be able to take a, you know, to be able to not accept an offer from an NFL team and come back to the CFL. I mean, when I was released, Tampa Bay offered me a uh, contract and, you know, they didn't want to give me the signing bonus I wanted. And But uh, it was I was okay with coming back to the CFL and, and, and playing back up here with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So, um you know, for me, it's just, uh, that's kind of been my road, my experience. And, you know, the CFL game's fantastic. Uh, it's, it's great football, good talent up here. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of 
a lot of guys go go from the NFL, come back up here, and vice versa. So, um, you know, obviously doesn't have the biggest media following. Um, you know, you don't get paid nearly as much, but you're still playing a professional sport and, and getting paid to do what you love and um, having a good time with a bunch of great people. Yeah, and going back to the Saints, that's how actually we connected on Twitter because I remember – like players tweeting about you and and then uh uh you had the uh the nickname the savage how'd you get that uh you know that's a good question that was kind of really early in my career there at with the uh beach lions you know i mean um and i kind of uh i really i really kind of took it as, as my mantra you know like you know savage mind a savage mindset someone who will not be who will not be told no, someone who cannot be stopped, somebody who uh, will will not quit until their job was accomplished, somebody who, no matter how many people are against them, is going to be able to come up over top of everybody and, uh, you know, be a champion. So it, it's really something for me that was, um, you know, I've always been an underdog. I've always been somebody who, you know, people never thought would be able to play college football, let alone pro football. So for me, it's... Um, it's a great mantra for me to be able to uh, assume because of my underdog story and, and just basically my rise and, and my willingness to be uh, who I am and do what I do. I mean, so many people um, respect what I do because of uh, they see the work I put in, they see the time I put in, and they recognize that that's special. You know, my process is, is special. It's different than others. It's um, but it's largely due to, you know, my success of being able to be so successful is from, you know, that process. Yeah. And then I know you kind of touched on it before, but you ultimately went back and you, you're on the blue bombers now. And, uh, the first season you're back in the CFL, you won defensive player of the year. So what was, what was that like? Just basically coming, coming back after, I guess, two years and then dominating. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was just a great another re, re like, like uh, confirmation that you know I'm the player that I know I am. You know, I come from the, the NFL where they say, oh, well, we're 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 gonna go with the other guys and um, we're gonna you know move on with you." You know, I mean, that's that's just the nature of the business. But I come back to the CFL and and immediately get back to doing what I was then doing and, and win defensive player of the year and just continually improve. You know, like, listen, like, I, I don't play games. You know, I yeah. play for keeps. Like, everything I do is to build my legacy. Everything I do is for my family. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, I love this game. I love this game for my entire life. And, you know, my, my passion and willingness to put so many things and sacrifice so many things in, in front of it is, is just what I've done my entire life because it means so much to me. So, um, you know, I, would never, I wouldn't go back and change anything because of, you know, the success I've had. Mm -hmm. You know, it just... Uh, sacrifices have to be made to be able to do two things you've never done. You got to be willing to do things that other people don't do. And, um, you know, th those are the kind of things that, uh, you know, make people special. So, um, you know, I've always tried to, um, you know, really the quote I came up with was outwork your competition. So there is none, you know, and that's, uh, that's what I firmly believe in is if I, if I outwork you, I put more time in, um, you know, how are you going to be better than me? Yeah, and after that, the 2018 season, did more NFL teams reach out to you again? Uh, there was a potential, yeah. I mean, there was a potential to go down for another workout, but um, yeah. it was, at that point, you know, going on 29, I was like, you know what, let me just, you know, sign a long-term deal here in the CFL and, and just continue to build my legacy here. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm getting paid, 
you know, pretty well in the CFL as far as pay scale is uh, concerned. And, you know, there's very little stress for me as far as, like, making a team where, you know, I know I can contribute up here and and I'm on a solid organization. And sure enough, we go win a great cup this year. Um, You know, so those things are, you know, a lot of things are more important um, than just money, you know. And um, my love for the game and, and being able to be happy up here kind of proves that. Yeah, definitely. And what's it like uh, just living in Canada also uh, compared to the U.S.? Uh, you know, Canada, it's um, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, I'd say it's pretty multicultural everywhere you go. Um, you know, so it's, it's unique cultural experiences and uh, ate a lot of different foods that I've never eaten before up here, which is <laughs> kind of cool. Um, but, uh, you know, like the ter- stereotypical Canadians with a – you know, and just get different funny accents. You know, it's, 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 you don't really see that too often. Um, you know, like French Canadians do have like funny accents, but they're more on the Eastern side of the country and, and, uh, whatnot. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, Canada's great. Um, you know, it's, it's a very safe country. You know, you don't really, you're not worried about, uh, you know, a lot of these issues that sometimes we're having in the States, right? Mass shootings and, you know, just all these other terrible things that are happening. Um, you know, those things aren't really happening up in Canada. So you, you definitely feel a little bit safer up here. Uh, definitely with my family, I can definitely notice that. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a good place. I mean, I've enjoyed my time up here. Do you, um, do you live there full-time or you live in the States when it's the off-season? Um, yeah, no, I live here full-time now. I live full-time in, in Canada. Gotcha. And what, what advice would you give to a young player trying to get like a uh, scholarship to football school or going pro? Uh, um, say that one more time for me. Yeah. So what advice would you give to a young football player trying to get a scholarship to college or trying to go pro? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the most important thing is realize the things that you have to do on a daily basis to to make it. I mean, if you say your ultimate goal is to make it to college and get a scholarship or play professionally, you got to realize that every choice you make every single day reflects, you know, your true willingness of whatever it is you want to achieve. So are you making the right choices every single day that reflect your goals? And those are the things I always challenge people to, to think about because, you know, you know, working out three times a week isn't going to get it done. Eating, not very good food for you and getting terrible sleep isn't going to get it done. Um, you know, not doing your conditioning, uh, is not going to get it done. So you're going to look at yourself every single day and be like, okay, what am I doing to get better today that other people aren't going to do? And, and you're competing with yourself, obviously, because you've got to be able to tell yourself, you know, I need to go do this, even though I don't have anybody else going to do it with me, you've got to battle yourself, but you got to realize there's other people that want those jobs too. They want those scholarships. So, uh, what are you going to do to be different? And, at the end of the day, it doesn't take talent to work hard. It just takes you getting your ass up and getting it done. And, um, you know, for me, uh, that's the way I, I like it because I, I feel like I've gotten what I deserve because I've worked my ass off. And, um, you know, I feel that meeting so many successful people in my life so far from business to football to other pro sports, you know, the story is very much the same. People working their ass off. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I know you're on the board of – uh, charity called Making Faces. Cause, so, could you uh, touch on that and explain that to the listeners? 
Yeah, making fit. I was born with a cleft lip and palate. Um, you know, a, a facial uh, defect when you're born. Uh, one in 700 people are born with it. Um, so it's fairly common. Um, but, you know, so for me, I grew up with a, with a chip on my shoulder and I grew up a little bit differently, getting bullied as a kid. Um, you know, stuff like that because I looked different than people. Um, but, uh, you know, so when I became a prof- uh, professional athlete, one of the thing I, things I wanted to do was use my platform to be able to give back to the the people and they grew up like me and the people in the cleft community and so um for me um i joined a a a, a charity called making faces and uh making faces is is all about helping people who have facial differences kind of you know learn to overcome and and live with and, and and cope with that because um one of the biggest things that you see with people with facial differences is they lack confidence, they lack self-esteem, they lack the ability to have eye contact and, and carry on conversations. They're always going to be the shy one in the room. Um, and for me, uh, I know how much how important confidence is. I mean, growing up, I still had less confidence than a normal person, but I was able to figure out how to become more confident and be successful. And uh, at the end of the day, we all need to project our confidence, you know, whether you have a facial difference or not, to be able to, you know, really be successful and believe in yourself and in this world. So our, the charity hosts workshops to work with uh, people with facial differences to, to build those skills and, uh, you know, share our stories to kind of let everyone know that no one's different than, than, uh, than anyone else and we can all achieve what we want to achieve. So, yeah, more information will be at www.makingfaces.ca. There you go. Uh, all right, you ready for some fun questions that are going to go from average to savage? Sure. Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite song right now? Favorite song? That's a great question. You know what? I've been listening to like some Skrillex lately. All right. Some nice, like they have some nice little, uh, little, uh, you know, jam mixed up with some other artists. So like the uh, Skrillex one with uh, Rick Ross, uh, the Purple Lamborghini. I like that one pretty good right now. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Uh, what about what do you uh, like? What do you like to do when you're not playing or training for football? Well, you know, I got three kids, so I'm a big family guy. I try to spend as much time as I can with my family and, um, you know, take my kids to go do fun things and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, so that'd be probably my next biggest biggest uh, thing I enjoy doing. Yeah, touching on your kids, uh, do you want them to play football? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't mind my kids playing football at all. I mean, obviously, they're they're always dangerous with playing any sport. Yeah. Um, you know, football is a violent sport, but at the end of the day, um, you know, um, I think football teaches people a lot uh, as they grow up and play through a young age through high school, and it it builds a lot of a great life life traits and life lessons that uh, that uh, kids need to know to become real young men. And. If you had to do a jersey exchange with someone in football, it could be it could be NFL, CFL, whatever. Who would you want to do it with? Um, I don't know. Probably, probably uh, when I was with the Saints, you know, I mean, there's a handful of guys. Obviously, like getting Drew Brees' jersey would be great. Um, you know, respect the way he plays as well. But as far as a defender, you know, like for me, I played with Cameron Jordan, who's I, I would say one of the best defensive ends in the entire 
NFL, obviously in the Pro Bowl this year for the second, you know, multiple times. Uh, but he's just such a dominant player that can take over a game whenever he wants to and uh, super physical, can play the run, can play the pass, and, and great, phenomenal pass rusher. You know, so he's, he's a guy that I, I was really impressed with when I was down there, and, you know, he's a great guy. So um, I want to do, uh, I do, I do a jersey swap with him. Nice. What about, like, was there any player that you modeled your game after, like, growing up? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I'd say a little bit like uh, probably Brian Urlacher would be a good example. You know, he was an athletic, bigger linebacker that can kind of do it all. And, uh, you know, I thought that that was pretty special. Yeah, he, he was definitely a savage back in the day. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, how could the supporters be a savage like you? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, so currently, like right now, I have an online training program that people – can do and literally do my exact program that I'm doing. Um, you know, athlete or regular person, doesn't matter. You, you can both be doing my program. Athletes can add extra stuff to make it even more challenging, obviously. But uh, this is the work I'm doing right now that will definitely turn you into a savage. And, uh, you know, online coaching, every single day of your form, your video, um, you know, that's part of it. Tons of articles, tons of information, how-to videos on how to do everything. Um, you know, fully comprehensive and for probably the best price that you can find on the market of forty nine fifty a month uh, for the training, right? Yeah, average personal training session for one session is $85. So, um, you know, this is a pretty good deal, I would say. And uh, not only that, I give out my personal number to answer questions for, for members who need extra help. So, um, yeah, totally committed to helping you become a savage. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, could you let the people know where they can follow you on social media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on Twitter, it's uh, Big Hill 44. And on Instagram, it's Big Hill A 44. Uh, yeah, so uh, follow me and say what's up. And uh, we'll see you around.